Thank you, everyone, for joining us here today at the Vince Lombardi Sisters of the Cheese Memorial Cathedral. We are here to celebrate the life and the career of Michael John McCarthy. He left us at the ripe old record of 125-77-2, which slots him fourth all-time amongst Green Bay coaches behind St. Lombeau, Pope Mike Holmgren, and the Holy Spirit Vince Lombardi himself. He leaves us with a Super Bowl title, Six NFC North crowns and the most postseason victories in club history. He will be remembered for many, many things. His grade school play calling, his inability to declare a starting running back, his uncanny desire to eat every donut placed in front of him. He was a character. That McCarthy, who most fans lovingly call Dipshit McGee. Who could forget that 2014 season when Mike lost every challenge he attempted? A streak only broken by McCarthy winning that lucky horseshoe in the Des Bryant play. He's survived by a wife and three daughters, as well as the man whose career he may have squandered in Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Aaron, we had some good times with Mike, right? Remember when you bailed Mike out in Detroit with that Hail Mary? Or the time you bailed him out in the playoffs in Arizona? Or how many times did you bail him out when you played the Dallas Cowboys? How rosy his cheeks got in the cold? The non-answers he sputtered to the small-town media coverage that didn't challenge him at all? Uh, Among the ineptitude... The head scratching, the drooling, the myriad of eclairs, the blank looks. I think Mike will mostly be remembered for the 2014 NFC Championship game where his Green Bay Packers let a two-score lead slip through their fingers to Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks as they scored 15 points in just 45 seconds. Good old Mike. Always full of surprises, and now we can lay him to rest. So let us bow our heads and remember that old walrus who was too dumb to succeed and too lucky to fail. Thank you for the memories, Mike. Remember me Though I have to say goodbye Remember me Don't let it make you cry For even if I'm far away I hold you in my heart I sing a secret song to you Each night we are apart Remember me Though I have to travel far Remember me Each time you hear a sad guitar Know that I'm with you
and welcome everyone to a very exciting week 15 of the Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, the happiest man on the face of the earth, along with Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, and Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. Welcome to the Left Coasters podcast. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, we are on Gmail, the Left Coasters podcast at gmail.com. Feel free to reach out to us and we will shout you out on the show, but today is a beautiful, beautiful day. If you've been listening to the Left Coasters podcast at all, you know that my biggest gripe in all of the NFL was the idiot Mike McCarthy and my cowardly Green Bay Packers, and finally he's gone. He's gone. I jumped for joy, jumped for joy when I saw the ticker come across my NFL screen this past Sunday, and now I am here, happy as a clam. I'm mostly just patting myself on the back here because earlier this year when we did uh, odds on first coach fired, you asked me for my uh, hot take on who uh, Dark Horse was and who should I have answered but Michael, John, whatever the fuck his middle name is, McCarthy. Uh-huh. Uh, a deserved firing, absolutely, and in in a way I think that was fitting after a you know getting beat by a team oh, that yeah. you should have beaten oh, yeah. like any other any other day of the week. It was so, disgusting. You know, um, but I, I guess it, look, guy did bring you a Super Bowl. Uh, which is the same number of Super Bowls that Mike Holmgren brought you guys. Yeah. So uh, at the end of the day, I mean, hell, that's one more Super Bowl than the Lions have in the last ever. So it is. Um, yep. I mean, it, I, I guess, I guess you know, you could sort of you know look at the silver lining there that nope. you had some you had some good times, but they were mostly bad play calls. And um, hopefully for you, um, I texted you the other night asking like who your dream scenario was for for yeah. uh, 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 for the Packers, which I'm yeah. sure we'll get to, and who you actually think is going to make it. I heard I, I read a tweet today that that they were um, sort of that their eyes were on Joe Philbin for this job potentially that they nope. that he's going to be the guy who's stepping in in the meantime, and that uh, they, they kind of wanted to give him a couple games at the end of the season to show what he's got uh, as sort of a tryout for next year. Yeah, um, we, and we know so. who Joe Philbin is. He was the offensive coordinator before he left for his first head coaching job and did a great job as the OC back then. This year it has not worked out as much. Obviously nothing's worked out for the Packers. Joe Philbin's going to be the interim head coach. I know they're going to look for him, but I think that's just the neighborly, like, we'll give you a shot, old man. They're not going to hire Joe Philbin. Brian, what do you have to say about this? Uh, well, I, I will, I'll, I'll ask you like this. As a Detroit Lions fan, a man who was in my conference, are you happy or sad that Mike McCarthy is no longer there? You know, Mike McCarthy had a really good track record against the Detroit Lions. Yeah. So for me, it's kind of like, well, you know, they're going to get another guy in there to to push the Lions around for the next, you know, 15, 20 years. Because yeah. as you pointed out earlier, the Green Bay Packers have a really good track record with head coaches. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to continue because they have the one, the only Aaron Rodgers still at the helm. So whoever comes in here has really just one job to do. And that is put as many pieces around Aaron Rodgers to do the job that he needs to do to win Super Bowls because he's probably got another what eight years in the tank, you know. Hopefully, yeah. He Hopefully, wa- he said he wants to play till forty. He is thirty-five right now. The other thing this means is that it's put up or shut up time for for Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely, not, not that not that he hasn't been, but there are no more excuses. He no. doesn't get to lean on yep. bad play calling. He's he got two get years to, of excuses. He doesn't though. get to he doesn't get to spell for the media yep. anymore. Like it's time for him now. It's time for you to put up or shut up. If you want to be considered among the greatest of all time. It's time for you to either cement that legacy or just be remembered as a guy who had a really good flick throw. No, absolutely. You ha- you're absolutely right, Dangles. It is put up or shut up time. I think for the next five years, this is Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay Packer uniform. And I think, I don't know about you guys, but I think he should be consulted upon when picking this new head coach. Oh, without a doubt. I just don't think that, 
Uh, it's all about him when no. it comes to getting the right play caller in, but also getting the right defensive minds in there. Because right now, in the as as the NFC North goes, you're still going to see a Minnesota team that's going to be hard to deal with yep. as time goes on. Kirk Cousins is going to get more comfortable, I think. Their uh, offensive coordinator, Filippo, is going to stay. I think they're going to kind of retool for next year. I think the Detroit Lions are only going to go up from here. They, ho- can't, they hopefully. can't get any worse. They, well, they can get worse. Believe me, 0-16 is not that <laughs> far away. Uh, but they do have they do have a chance to get better, and we know where the Chicago Bears are at. So they need to, they need to find a way to stop these teams. Yep. Well, yeah. Uh, How happy would it make your heart if they hire Hugh Jackson? <laughs> oh, that's not gonna happen. Although I would feel up, I would feel great for Matt Patricia bringing that up. I, I'm really confident in the Cleveland Browns hiring Mike McCarthy as their head coach. I think it would be a oh, good yeah. move as well. I, I got a real uh, strong inkling is that, and I actually think Green Bay Ooh. firing him mid-season. Uh, yes, he's the first coach in the Super Bowl era to be fired out of the Green Bay job mid-season. First coach of all time to be doing that. Well, that's what happens when you um, lose Arizona. Oh, well, of course. I think he deserved it. A lot of people, like Tony Dungy on the uh, SNF broadcast, was saying you have to wait to the end of the season. I oh, respect. You don't. Yeah. I disagree with that. In my opinion, I think firing him early actually gives him a head start on a new head coaching job because he's does. only 55 himself. He can go get a new job, and so he now will. he can go swim around a little bit. I think it's a good break for both. And don't discount that that it's also a motivator to the young players in that locker room. 100. When the coach goes, you that kind of fired. that kind of gets the, the the juices going, and I think that's a good timing for the next couple of games here. Now, the reason I am so happy is not only because Mike McCarthy is gone, but because out of all the teams out there, we know Cleveland needs a new head coach now green bay does and out of all the teams that potentially could fire their current incumbent coach name me a team better uh, uh, more attractive than the green bay packers right now the Ooh. jets could fire their head coach the tampa bay buccaneers could fire cincinnati Bengals. name me a spot that could possibly open up that's more attractive than the next five years of aaron Rodgers and the green bay packers i will also say it's the most pressure you're going to have the most pressure going into green bay but that is clearly to me the most attractive option am i biased in that or do you no. guys see it the same way i think one coaching spot that i'm interested to see even though they are kind of coming up here at the end of the part of the season is if Pete Carroll stays in Seattle. Yeah, he I could, think he could, I think, he could leave. I think there's a chance because Pete Carroll has a tendency to leave when things are, you know, kind of going well for him. I think Seattle has a large hill to climb the next five or six years, and he's and he's kind of flirted with the idea of leaving out on a high. Yeah, and I don't think Seattle's going to go super. I think their potential. We'll talk about that, but I think I think if Pete Carroll leaves. I think Seattle could be on par with with. I still think Green Bay is the best job, but I think Seattle could be the closest. I don't think. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. But just because at the end of the day, like out of all of those places, he he by himself gives you the best chance to win a Super Bowl. Absolutely. I think. And I think to your question about whether or not he's going to be consulted and how much, I think the answer is probably more than you'd think. Because if you win Aaron Rodgers, you win that locker room. It's yeah. pretty much that simple. Yeah. They're going to want to bring in a guy that if he because he's like LeBron, you know, it's he, they go to he he might as well be the coach of that team. He is kind of the de facto coach in a. A lot of the ways of that offense, the de facto play caller, even though you got the offense, all that sort of stuff. So I think he's going to be heavily involved in that decision. And I don't think the Tampa Bay job is necessarily undesirable. I realize that there is some questioning going on at quarterback right now, and it's one guy one week and another guy the next week. But yep. they have the best passing offense in the NFL. They have a solid offensive line to work with. They've got guys on that front four in their defense. They've stacked it up with trades and picks over the last couple of, of years. Gerald McCoy is one of the best linemen in the league. they got Vita Vea, who's finally playing now, and JPP, obviously, is, is 
is in there as well. I don't think the Tampa Bay job is necessarily undesirable. They just need someone who's not so much of a scatterbrain like Dick, that Dick Cutter is. Now, I am very surprised that I get to be in the catbird seat after 13 years of having the same head coach. This is the first time I've been an adult and have a head coaching search for my favorite That's team. Fascinating. And I get to sit here right now and, get, you know, I'm going to have a podcast every week and you're going to hear my opinion over and over again on who they're bringing in for an interview, who they're actually going to hire, all that stuff. So very early. As a Lions fan, I can't wait. There's only been 24 hours, really, since this firing for me to get my thoughts together and tell you who I want to see as his head coaching job. So I haven't done the full research yet, but I'm going to tell you my preliminary top three right now that I want for this Green Bay job, and I want you two to tell me whether you like, dislike, or no shot in hell, okay? Number three is probably my least favorite option, but it's an option I've always dreamt of because I think he's an uh, awesome coach. I don't think he's leaving his current job. And this job. is wish list, right? This is yes, not wish this list. Isn't this, okay, yeah, this okay. is wish yeah. list. Uh, I, and I'll tell you the truth, I haven't even looked at NFL guys yet. This is all college right now. Hmm. Uh, the, third, <laughs> the guy that's number three right now, uh, I, I love Harbaugh. I love Harbaugh out of Michigan. If Michigan, for whatever reason, decided that since he can't beat Ohio State, he's not the man for the job and he moves on to the NFL, his mindset, I think his mindset along with Aaron's mindset, they're both stubborn assholes, and I think they would get along great. And that would be a short-term hire, and I think that would be the five years you would need out of Harbaugh to get that team together. Because when he was in San Fran, those teams were fucking awesome. They were awesome. They fought like hell, and I want that out of the Green Bay team. So Harbaugh is number three. You could do a hell of a he could do a hell of a lot, I think, to turn that defense around. Just yes. Based on what he's done with Michigan's defense Hard this year, they were the top defense in the league up till up until that Ohio State game that they that they got trounced in. Um, I don't think it's likely, which no. makes me lean towards the no shot in hell. But I like yeah. I like where your head's at. As the resident Michigan fan in the house, yeah. I, I don't think he leaves Michigan. I don't think so either. I think Michigan is a better better program because of him, and I think he's got at least one more year to prove that he can continue to get guys because right now their number one problem is that they're they're low on the, on the talent pool mm-hmm. compared to teams like Ohio State, Alabama, mm-hmm. Georgia. Don't know yet. I don't know yeah. yet, and I think that'd be a long shot. Number two. Uh, this guy was fired from his job, but he coached some of the best offenses college football has seen. He is now looking to become an NFL, at least an offensive coordinator. I'd be okay to give him a head job like Sean McVay, and as long as you bring in a, a veteran defensive coordinator like a Wade Phillips, you're not going to get Wade Phillips, obviously, but a Wade Phillips-like player to go along with Cliff Kingsbury. He's pretty like Sean McVay, too. <laughs> I really like Cliff Kingsbury, what he did with I Johnny Manziel and Pat Mahomes and that offense that he built. I think you need an offensive mind in this league, and I think Cliff Kingsbury is the Hollywood enough to have this team on his side, and you just got to pair him with a, uh, I mean, it ain't going to be Vic Fangio, but a Vic Fangio-type guy to be the, run the defense. He got canned from Texas? Yes, A&M. Texas yeah. Tech. Texas, Texas Tech, yeah. Texas Tech. So yeah. Texas Tech canned him, and you yep. want him. Oh, yeah, I want him. He could not win in Texas Tech. But, again, in Texas Tech, you're, what, seventh on the depth chart in recruiting in yeah, Texas? Uh, absolutely. I, I, I think the problem, though— <laughs> Not to mention the Big 12. You're right. You know. He might be an offensive mind worth bringing yes. in the room. I think he, he he would probably have to start off as an offensive coordinator. That's him, what I'm thinking, too. Him getting, him getting the keys that early on puts things— Especially a little... in an offense that Aaron Rodgers runs. That's a lot oh, to take on boy. as a guy transitioning from college to do— uh, I like where your head's at because I like Cliff Kingsbury as a coach. Um, and— and uh, but but yeah, I I agree. I think it'd be very surprising so, to see him take nah. over the reins. And I don't know if he gets Rogers' uh, uh, respect I don't know if they're on the right same off wavelength. the right yeah, off the 100%. Bat. I'm right there with you. Uh, no, before I get to number one, the one man I do not want to see even interviewed for this job is Bruce Arians. Nothing against Bruce Arians. I think he's just too old and too 
too past his That'd prime be a lot of fun, to get though. this job. That'd I don't be a know lot if of fun. I don't know if I'd like it. I don't know because he'd be your five year guy. Talk about a short term hire. That'd oh, be yeah. Bruce Arians. But he's the, also not the healthiest of guys exactly. either, so you got to worry about that. I, I mean, I, I respect him greatly. I don't know if I want him to head yeah, coach. And his wife's going to kill him. The number one in the hood, G. Brian already gave it away. Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma. What he did the past two years with Baker Mayfield and this year with Kyler Murray and that offense, which is the best offense in the goddamn world right now in college football. And I think that guy is a genius when it comes to offensive matchmaking. He can run the ball. He runs screen passes. Yes, Baker and Kyler Murray were both mobile quarterbacks, but Aaron is mobile enough to make those option plays work. And I think that guy, mindset-wise, Lincoln Riley is the offensive mind that everybody wants. And again, if Green Bay is the most luxurious option, and Lincoln Riley says, I think I've done what I can, as much as I can do in Oklahoma. I'm never going to beat Saban. I'm never going to beat uh, uh, Dabo Sweeney. Let's see what I can do in the NFL for me. Again, same thing with Cliff Kingsbury. you got to bring in the defensive mind with him. I think it's realistic. Yeah. If, to answer your question, I think it's very realistic because he's been talked about even in the, in the highest of circles uh, amongst commentators. The one question I would have, though, is there's a huge difference between being at a school like Oklahoma, mm-hmm. which is a, obviously one of the top premier college programs, and recruiting out of Oklahoma, and then going to Green Bay and talent evaluating from there, sure. and getting pieces in an offense like an Oklahoma style, and and converting it to at least taking what works in Oklahoma and converting it to an NFL yep. offense is 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 a task. And and I don't know if Aaron Rodgers would want to be part of that experiment. Yeah, I was just gonna say I I don't see him going. Oh, okay, yeah, this will work for us if Lincoln Riley comes in and goes. Okay, here's our playbook. We're gonna run the option like I ran at Oklahoma. I think Aaron Rodgers tells him go coach. Okay, I mean, yeah. I, I feel you. It's gonna but again, be... wish list. So like, we can we can sort of throw we can sort of throw reality out, out the yeah, door yeah, because yeah. because on again on paper, I love all three of those names at yep. the, at the pro level. I think they would be so much fun to watch and paired with a defensive mind, like you say, absolutely. What 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 could you know? What's I think the thing that makes it tough is you know, and we 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 drew comparisons to Sean McVay. The thing is that was uh, McVay took over right as you know as Goff is young. He was too. an offensive they're coordinator. They're both young, so they're both in a similar position of where they're in their in their sort of having to prove themselves. Goff is a quarterback and McVay as a coach, both with very high expectations on them because in part of their age. Here you've got a little bit more of an age gap where you've got the young coach coming in and the veteran QB who's like, I've been there, Dan. I've, I've seen it all. I backed up Brett <laughs> Favre and he didn't show me dick. So, <laughs> <laughs> But that's why I think Cleveland is going to be such a, a unique spot for somebody like Lincoln Riley. You got Baker. Yeah. You got Baker. You got Baker. All right, so let's move on. That's uh, we're gonna, I'm going to be talking a lot about the vacancy at the Green Bay facility. First time in 13 years your boy has a, needs a head coach. The I'm Acme Packers. Looking at the classifieds, baby. Goodbye. Happy you're gone. But let's move on to before Sunday, the biggest story of the week. Yeah. The absolute biggest story of the week. Kareem Hunt, last year's leading rusher. NFL, led the league in rushing last year in the NFL. His rookie year. His rookie year. 23 years old. Earlier this uh, this year, in February to be exact, outside of a hotel in Cleveland, his home inside city. Inside a hotel inside in a, Yeah, out, uh, in the hallway of a hotel in Cleveland, his home city. Uh, a video released by TMZ, of course, by TMZ, showed uh, Kareem Hunt striking, pushing, shoving, uh, and... Spearing and ultimately uh, kicking uh, on the ground. He didn't spear, but yes. Yeah, well, way, he rushed, he, he knocked, bull rushed her Knocked a sure. woman over. Uh, uh, and injured a woman. It was caught on video. TMZ released the video. It all happened on Friday in a whirlwind. Uh, Within hours, the NFL placed him on the commissioner's exempt list. Same thing they did with Reuben Foster when those allegations came out recently. And minutes after the exempt list, the Kansas City Chiefs, the team that drafted him, the team that had him starting, the team that he led the league for rushing for, a team that 
is in the top of the AFC looking to be in the Super Bowl, released him. Cut him. See you later. Here are your walking papers. You are now a street-free agent. Who knows where you will end up next. Now, I I have my own thoughts on this subject. Uh, I would like to hear where you guys are, both on the, the you know, I mean, it, there's only so many ways we can say it was an awful decision that Kareem Hunt made. You can't do that. But I'm focused more on the decision both the NFL and the uh, Chiefs made and how long it took them to make it. Yeah, uh, well, that's where, that's where my issue comes in. So... The Chiefs apparently this happened in February of yes. 2018. Chiefs uh, found out about this. I'm not. I'm not certain when. What I do know is that in August, the Chiefs CEO had commented on the record yes. saying that he did not believe that Kareem Hunt would be suspended because of the incident. Yes. So I hear that and I say, okay, so it happened in February. They're talking about it in August. That means between August and now is is almost four months. That they've known that they've known about it and that they've done nothing about it. Yes. Then, after Kareem Hunt gets released, the Chiefs release their statement, which says that Kareem was not truthful in the discussions that they had with him, with them about uh, what happened during that incident, and that, in part, is what led them to release him. They, uh, yeah. they, the, the yes. bottom line is that they knew that this happened. They've known for nine months at least, and they did. Nothing about it. But uh, I will say I do believe both the N- I believe the Chiefs and maybe the NFL that Friday was the first time anyone saw the video. Evidence. The video, yes, I believe that. That so astonishes if, me. If you uh, go and as you're the Chiefs, you go and question your employee. Your employee gives you the answer. You trust your employee. I can kind of semi see them not deciding to punish Kareem Hunt if the story he told them was not corroborated by anybody and they had to just believe him. The NFL, however. That's a different story, Brian. What do you want? Well, to say? I think it's also to your point, hedging a bet at const- constantly as as an organization. Because if a player comes to you and says, "I did A, B, C, D," and there's nothing to the contrary, you can't do anything to him because he's represented by the players' association. Yeah. The second he any any action comes against him via the team or via the NFL, the the players' association drops in and says, "Well, you can't do that because for for a reasons A, B, C, and D." So everybody's trying to legally keep themselves protected. But the thing that perplexes me and Dangles hinted on it is you have this gap. The NFL is notorious for, for especially organizations are notorious during the draft season of getting uh, uh, detectives and getting private investigators Knowing to everything. literally yep. scrape the bottom of the floor of these these that these recruits. Tweets. How do you think these tweets that Josh Allen sent? That, oh man, that some of these guys sent when they were you know. 13, 14 years old. They've got guys that how go do you think those their, come out? How does how does that happen? But when this amount of money is on the line, yeah. and you've got a player who is a Pro Bowl rookie player, you mean to tell me when something like that happens in this environment that you don't send a private investigator to get every single de- how is how do you not see that video? See, that's exactly right, Brian. You're how exactly do you not right. see that video? Yep, you're exactly right. So to me, that's the that's the real failure in this system is not simply making a decision off of what you know. It's you did not go out and get that information, yes. or you flat out lied. But I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they they, they were neglectful at worst, who or at who best. Who are you giving the benefit of the doubt to? No, I'm giving the benefit to the doubt to the Kansas City Chiefs that they did their due diligence but at worst they're negligent which is not which is in the, in the cases like these are are not are not okay no simply no. put i uh the nfl i believe bears a big part of this burden because uh, uh not only did they not get the video you the nfl has more money than god 
if TMZ went to that hotel and paid whoever they needed to money to get the video, the NFL could have paid them triple. Exactly. Easily. Exactly. And the second thing is they never even interviewed Kareem Hunt on the incident. This has come out that they did not even call Kareem Hunt in to talk about the incident. It was reported by the Chiefs. The NFL didn't follow up on it. The NFL's reasoning is no one around the incident. What they like to do before stuff like this is they like to interview everyone around the incident before they interview the player. The woman didn't come forward to the NFL after trying to. The NFL says they tried to get a hold of her. It didn't work out. No one around the circle wanted to talk about it, so they never followed it up. I don't understand that point of logic. If you know the biggest thing that could hurt you are two things concussion stuff coming out someone like getting really hurt during a game or two this like how do you not try to put out a fire no matter how small the fire could be well but but the other point again goes to you might have all the information based off of all the people interviews and it still may satisfy the the due diligence you know uh, category but how do you not get the video yeah. of the video yeah. camera of the hallway and the incident? That that to me is astounding. Uh, is astounding. It's unbelievable. That's the evidence. You don't need to interview a million people. You can get their statements, but you pull the video record off the wall and 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 unless there's something about this hotel not disclosing their their video, that's the only reason I could imagine and give ab- absolution to the to the NFL. And you might say that like, well, Brian, they have a million things going on in February. There's a Super Bowl. They, have, they might not have enough hands to deal with this problem they back when you had well, deflate gate yeah they interviewed the two ball boys <laughs> five times each five separate times they called these guys in for an investigative uh, uh questionnaire and they did not have the time to go to cleveland and get a video and interview the woman involved in this incident but dangles you well were that's say what something. happens when you're dealing with the patriots versus when you're dealing with any other team as far as the league is concerned now i was going to say the difficulty with the, and I, I, again i don't i don't know the particulars of it but it, and I don't, but I don't believe this woman pressed criminal charges she against Kareem. She, she declined didn't. to press charges. So if there were charges pressed, then authorities and by and, you know by by association, the NFL would have probably have been able to go to the hotel and say, "Hey, we're opening up a formal investigation into this. We need that video. And if you're not going to give it to us, we're going to get a judge to subpoena it." Yeah, boom. You know, and boom. But because she decided not to press charges, my guess is is, and I'm not a lawyer. I can't I can't say this definitively, but based on what I know about how the system works yeah they probably couldn't they had no grounds to go to the hotel and say give us this video because there was no formal investigation there were no charges pressed so they had no they had no well, uh, they had no reason to look that's, into that's uh, when what you Kareem Hunt the, is doing. that's when you slip the unmarked envelope with Jerry Jones's hundreds in it and you say yeah, you can give us that video can't yeah. you can't yeah. you well that's that's how TMZ operates um, and that's how they got that's how they got the video but I mean you I, know yeah the Chiefs are now just saving face and um, you know they're going to have to pay for it not only you know in 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 the court of public opinion, but on the football field, because Spencer, where good though he may be, is not Kareem Hunt. Well, that's what brings me to my next point, and this is a point I've been struggling to make since Friday. I've been talking with a couple of my friends. I've been talking with my dad. I don't really know exactly how I want to say this, but I'm saying it in front of you two because I want to know what you two think on it, and you two will bring me back to earth if I'm completely out there. But No, he's not going to be signed by Green Bay. Um, no. Um, out of we, we saw the Ray Rice tape. We've all read the allegations on Greg Hardy. We've all read the allegations made against Ezekiel Elliott. We've all read the allegations made against Reuben Foster. There's a myriad of them. We all read the allegations made against that Ohio State assistant coach, Zach Smith. We've seen the pictures from that incident. We've seen all the stuff that those people have done. And then you see this Kareem Hunt video, where to me, uh, there is... Yes, he did something awful. Yes, he did something wrong. Yes, he should absolutely be punished for what he did. 
But at the end of the day, when you look at the other five names I just mentioned and what the video showed of Kareem Hunt, to me, I am wondering if if the action he did is as worse or worser than the other five people I mentioned. Because the stuff that Greg Hardy was alleged to do, throwing a woman down in a bed full of guns, beating her senseless, the stuff that all these all these allegations against Reuben Foster, Ezekiel Elliott, to where Kareem Hunt goes and shoves a woman backwards, he hits his boy who runs into her and she knocks down, and then he goes over and kicks her like you would kick your dog to move out of the, out of the way of, uh, of the door. Uh, again, I am not defending it in any way. Sure. It is an awful act, and he should be punished for it. But... To me, I don't know what the punishment would be, but to me, this incident, if if this was just in writing and you did not see the actual video evidence, I, to, to me, I don't believe it's as worse as the other things that we have seen, especially the Ray Rice incident if you want to go apples to apples with videos. Am I am I off base in saying any of that? No, I truly don't know. No, I mean if you're ta- if you're referring to the severity, the degree of severity uh, of of the violence in the videos uh, comparative to the other ones, no, it's not. I think though what what's what's being valued more so than the severity of the situation is the baseline of the, of an act being committed towards a violence in general being committed towards a, a female. Um, it is. In its essence, wrong. It is. Is it as wrong, or less wrong, or more wrong? Or that, is there is that even a question? Like, can you even I, ask I that question into, of I as wrong? Get, I think you get into trouble when you try and. and is it and, just black and white? That's wrong. Yes, you yes, have to treat it as such. I, and especially, I think you can't just look at it in a vacuum either. You have to look at it within the context of of the society that we live in today. Yeah. You have to look at it in in a post me too world you yeah. have to look at it in in that through that lens as opposed to just the black and white because just on paper you know should he or shouldn't he lose his job no i mean we've had similar conversations about you know people who have been implicated in you know in 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 the me too you know so certain certain people not everybody not i'm not referring to of course like harvey weinstein yeah um but but there are others who have kind of been like well like like aziz ansari for example i think is a good example of somebody who yeah he did something dumb but should he be blackballed for for what he did did, there's more questions I think there, more controversy than say everybody so you're believes. Saying with this particular so scenario, so what, what I'm what I'm saying what I'm saying is that you get in trouble when you're trying to trying to I think draw comparisons between them. I think at the end of the day, Kareem Hunt is a professional athlete playing at the highest level of the job that he does. He was caught on camera assaulting another human being, and from the video, doesn't matter what his intent was, doesn't yep. matter what she said, yep. doesn't matter how it played out. In the video, he goes after her. That's the way it is. Like that, he yep. charges at her. He goes after her. You that that you it's lose rela- your job. It's pretty you relentless. are a role model. You are a moneymaker for that organization. You are you are uh, uh, an incredibly highly respected player. You 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 have you know potentially endorsements. There are so many factors that go into this, and that's part of the trade off. You get to be a celebrity. You get to make millions of dollars. You get to be venerated by kids and guys who want to be you and women want to be with you, and you get all that stuff. But you're held to a higher standard than the rest of us idiots and when you don't hold that when you don't stick around you get candid and it doesn't matter how good you are okay i i I really really appreciate that dangles and i think you put it greatly uh before we move on to our gravestone section i don't know if this is the right time to ask this question but we're going to ask this question 
when do you think, if ever, Kareem Hunt plays in the NFL again? Because he is, again, 23 years old. He has put up numbers that are, if you, you go side by side, he's putting up Marshall Falk numbers at year 23. Yeah. So he's not going to play this year, obviously. Uh, he'd be 24 next year. Do you see him playing next year? Do yeah. you see him playing in two years? Do you see him playing at all? He's, he's playing next year. I think I, so, too. I think he can find a place in this league and a team who's willing to take a chance on him uh, because, as we've seen in the past, like we saw with Reuben Foster in the fallout of him being signed by the Redskins, somebody will take a chance on them because they, they need him. And I think he, there will be a place. It'll just be a lot of a lot of goodwill that he'll have to rebuild and, and, and a lot of penance. Yeah, I think he does play again, and I, I agree with you. I think if he, if he does the right things from here on out, he will probably find himself another job. He's still very, very young and, and very, very talented. And, and, I, uh... and I mean, I mean, I will I will say, though, that there is mounting evidence again and again as these guys continue to have jobs after after what they do that the league is blackballing Colin Kaepernick because after oh, all these without guys, a after doubt. all these guys that have gotten jobs, especially Reuben Foster, he's going to win you know, that suit, it's by like, the way. It's like, come on, Kaepernick. I mean, again, I agree there's a big skill gap. Like Kaepernick was not good when he left the league, but he's a, but at least with a, all these a guys. Like when if Kareem Hunt gets a job, then I'm gonna be like, okay, Colin Kaepernick needs a job. So uh, <laughs> someone can make. Use he was of him. he was young. So you guys both think he plays next year? I will say, if I had to make my bet today, I think because of this video and because the NFL is gonna look like a, a dick with this whole entire thing coming out, they're gonna look dumb. They're gonna suspend him for the whole entire next year. Ooh, they're gonna suspend really? him for a full season. I fully believe that. I thought they're going to make an example out of it because they're going to be made examples of the, over the next few months. People are going to be calling them out for months on this. And stuff's only going to come out about how long the NFL waited to do what they were supposed to do. NFL is going to come down with a hammer and be like, you know what? You guys are right. We're going to take a new stance on this. You're out for the whole year. Yeah, well, that's, and that's how they do things is that there are no measures taken originally. No, and instead of taking like a half measure, they overcorrect and go like double full measures. So speaking of full measures, we got some full measures to take ourselves, gentlemen. Thank you for that uh, intelligent discussion on a very touchy subject. I think we handled that pretty well, but let's move on to the world silly game gravestones Left and here we are now to play everyone's favorite game the world's dumbest game this is the gravestones section each week of the nfl season the left coasters have gotten together and picked a team to throw into the ground and say that they will not make the playoffs this season at this point this graveyard's getting full folks there's a lot of bodies over here and this week we are going to add two more bodies to the grave pool, one from the AFC and one from the NFC. There is no rule on which conference you have to go first. The only rule is if someone kills a team before you, you cannot kill it, that same team this week. There is a grave pool of nine teams, nine teams that we have all killed individually throughout the week. Those are the 49ers, the Giants, the Buccaneers, the Lions, the Cardinals. That's the NFC. AFC, Bills, Oakland, Cleveland Jets. That's the nine-team grave pool. All the other graves are individual, and we will cover them next in Gravestones. Welcome again, gentlemen. It's, a, it's another day in the chapel. We began the show here. We're going to end the show here. Uh, Brian, you're up first. Angle second. I am third. Again, AFC and NFC. You don't have to go to any conference first. Brian, what conference will you start with? We'll be starting with the NFC. The NFC. You've killed Chicago and Atlanta. Who are you going to add? This week, I will be putting to bed your Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> I hate you, buddy. Uh, Diggity Dangles, the Chinese chicken. Will you be going AFC or NFC? 
Uh, I will also be going NFC. Oh, you guys are doing me favors here. Thank you so much. You have Seattle and Dallas killed. Not looking good. Who are you going to add to it? I'm adding the Washington Redskins the to Washington that pool. Redskins. Yes, you don't uh, think Sanchez brings them back? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, Colt McCoy, in case you missed it, broke his uh, fibula or some of what is ublas in his leg, and he will not be playing anymore this season. They're nope. already down a quarterback. So yep. with third Sanchez butt fumble in there, they are not making the playoffs. Well, yours truly is very, very happy because once again, these two idiots had me uh, near death and brought me back to life like the undertaker rising up from the grave i'm going with the afc because i've killed cincy jacksonville and tennessee and i'm adding to that group the ryan Tannehill miami dolphins i can't believe you guys didn't kill them first miami dolphins stink and even though they're six and six they're not as good as the other six and six team good night miami i was scared of dangles brian you have to go to afc you've killed indy cincy miami hit me with the jacksonville jaguars going down good call Good Pulling call. that ace out of the hole. Uh, diggity dangles. You went uh, NFC first. You're going AFC now. Indy, Jacksonville, Denver. You've already killed. Who you adding? Jeff Driscoll and the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. It's time. Okay. And finally for me, I have the NFC. Dallas and Seattle I've killed already. Again, not looking good. And I'm adding to that squad Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons. Mm. Sorry, Matt Ryan. It's not going to be the year for you, which means we've now added Jacksonville and we've added Cincinnati to the grave pool. So let us bow our heads for those two teams, and we will see you next week on Gravestones. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, to the Tuesday show, a wonderful Mike McCarthy-less Left Coasters podcast. Tony Cavallo, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian the Ballerina, Balzarini. We'll be back on Thursday with the Battle for L.A. section breaking down the L.A. Chargers with a hell of a Sunday night football win and the weekly pick em where the standings only got closer, folks. The yeah, standings did. only got closer. See you Thursday and let's end this show with a hearty Chargers charge. The sun has gone to bed and so must I so long farewell our readers saying goodbye The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.